Welcome everyone to Off the Bench. My name is Mike File. I'm with FFL Allegiance. I have the honor and privilege today to uh, interview Miss Kali Somerville with FFL Fury. That's nice. I had a cheer in the background. I like it. I like it too. I like when we first started recording, Kali. We were just going to let the whole song play. <laughs> Kali was dancing. We didn't. We didn't know we should have started talking. <laughs> Right. We got a whole audience laughing too. I know. <laughs> I, everyone always says how funny I am, so I like it. I got to get my wife to watch it so mm. she can see how funny I am. <laughs> well, welcome today, Kali. How you doing? I'm doing great. That is awesome. Well, you know, with off the bench, we kind of just go through people's story, their journey, and uh, and and you know where they came from, what they've gone through, and kind of where where they are today. And with what you're doing today with your your team, your team growth, and then you personally, you've been going out there and really killing it with this, this new telesales that we're doing. So, uh, yeah, we want to kind of hear and understand exactly what you've done to be able to uh, uh, to get to this point. So if you can just tell everyone a little bit about your story, where you came from, and and I'm sure I'll have a lot of questions along the way. I appreciate it. Cool. Um, thank you for having me this morning, this afternoon. Um, but so I've been with FFL, Mike, for – Two and a half years. June would make three years exactly. Time flies. It does. Um, <clears throat> I came from another insurance company that only sold term. Mm -hmm. and we had, So we had one product um, and a lot of people that couldn't get covered. Um, long story short, and you've heard this story before, but a lot of people haven't, is um, May 2019, my father died. Mm -hmm. He didn't have any insurance because he didn't qualify for term. Wow. The only thing that would have covered him would have been whole life. Okay. He had high blood pressure, insulin-dependent diabetes. He was 66 when I started with the other company. And they said that whole life was bad, right? So why would I try to sell my father something that was bad for him, right? I believe what they said. <clears throat> Coming to FFL now, I know that, you know, he would have qualified very easily for a whole life policy. It wouldn't have been expensive. Um, it might have been like 40 or 50 bucks a month um, for 10000 in coverage. And that would have made a big difference for me and my sisters because wow. we had 10,000 in coverage versus we had nothing. Mm -hmm. um, and at the time <laughs> I was a region, I was a vice president with the other company and I was broke okay. and I couldn't even contribute to what, to help my sister pay for my father's final expenses. Cause I wasn't even making the money to be able to pitch in at oh, that point. In time. Oh, you were a vice president there. A regional vice president. Regional vice president, wow. Yeah, very okay. fancy title. There's <laughs> <laughs> not any fancy money to go along with. Not at all. Got it. So that was, um, and I was there for six and a half years. Like I believed in their, I believed in their mission and I followed, you know, I was coachable. I followed the people in front of me and they said if I did these things, I would win and I lost mm -hmm. big time. Lost everything. Lost, I got cars repossessed, got evicted. Like, and people think when I say I got evicted, like, I didn't get to put my stuff in storage. Mm -hmm. Like, I didn't even have my money to put my stuff in storage. Like, I literally had my stuff put out on the street. Like, they came, the sheriff knocked on my door <laughs> with wow. the manager. Um, and it was a Thursday morning, knocked on my door. Um, and I I just had, an, I had, um, I would just had the ability to be able to put the stuff in my car. That's what, the only thing what I year was that when that happened? <sighs> that was um, 20... 18. Okay. So yeah. you were there for five years at that point. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. but I was only a vice president for maybe six months when that happened. Got it. And then that, the crazy part about it is that night, cause that was on Thursday morning. We used to do our little, our meetings, our, you know, the meetings to have people come in and talk about how great the opportunity was. 
I had to present that night. Wow. And I did. Right. Because we were, that's what we were, we were told we were sold to struggle. This is what's supposed to happen. It's going to be a part of my story. And it is, but it just wasn't my part of my story there. So, so they led you to believe that you were, you were supposed to be evicted. This was part of the process. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. We need a laughter for that. Yeah. We need a lot of laughter for that. <laughs> so they were uh, they they were the salespeople. They they sold you on the fact that you're supposed to go through all these trials and tribulations to the point to where you're you're getting kicked out of your house, sheriff knocking on your door, and you were led to believe that. Yeah, because I said that's how I did the, the meeting that night. Because I was like, this is going to be a part of my story and be able to tell this story to people because that's what they sold on the big stage. They sold the struggle. Yeah. Right. So when I was going through it, I was like, Oh, this is supposed to happen. Cause that happened to all the, the people that were making a lot of money there. They, they went through a struggle <laughs> and that was their story. Okay. Right. So that's, that's uh different, that's a different way of, uh, <laughs> of keeping people in the business, but okay. Unbelievable. Yeah. So what, what happened after that? You, uh, what, I guess what got to the point where you go through the struggle, they sold you on the struggle, you go through it, you know, and then it seems like it was 12 months after that to when the, the, the happened to your father, when, when that occurred. Well, no. So <clears throat> well, I found out about FFL in October, 2018. Okay. Is when I found out about FFL. That was in April, 2018. Okay. And I still wasn't ready to come even, even with that. Even after the, I talked to Frank mm -hmm. and I was like, no, it sounds too good to be true. Wow. And so I still, I was like, no, I'm not interested because it's a, like, you guys are making up these numbers. Like they can't be true. And so my dad died May, 2019. I started with FFL June, 2019. Got it. So that was kind of the, the straw that broke the camel's back. That was. That enough was enough. On top of my upline there, never even acknowledged that my dad died. Unbelievable. Yeah. So that was a whole nother thing. That's a lot to go through. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So your, your father passes, finally, you, you and Frank, and you and I have talked about this a lot. You, you talk to him. What Did you call him back and say, hey, I know we talked last year, but I'm, I'm ready now, or what I happened? I called back the guy who told me about FFL because it wasn't Frank. It was somebody I went to high school with. Okay. Yeah. And so What did you tell him? Did you tell him everything you've been through or just say, No, I just called him one night. I was out driving Lyft or Uber or something I was doing mm -hmm. um, with my Lyft. I didn't have a car. It was a Lyft car that I was using, so it wasn't even my car. But I just, I just was fed up, and I just out the blue called him, and I was like, hey, tell me about that company again. Tell me what you were – because I knew he hadn't been here that long. Mm -hmm. And I also knew he wasn't a vice president. So yeah. I was like, what do you make on average? And he told me, and I was like, well, okay. Yeah. So the next day he had me on the phone with Anna. Unbelievable. Signing me up. You were driving Lyft. At what point you working at uh, at the previous company, did, did you start to you know, have a side hustle? You were driving Lyft or Uber, whatever you were doing. Probably after. <laughs> got evicted. After the eviction. <laughs> Unbelievable. Because that's another thing, too. When you get to vice president, you're not supposed to do anything else. Okay. You're not supposed to have a job. You're not supposed to do any, you're not supposed to have any other income besides that. Okay. So I, I until I just had to, I had to do what I had to do. Like I didn't have a choice at that point. So I was driving Lyft. I was doing DoorDash. I was doing, I was selling plasma. I think we talked about that too. Yeah. Like a $25 for 45 minutes for them to suck my blood out. <laughs> and I've, I've asked you this many times when I've, you and I have talked about the story, and you say, Mike, you always ask me the same question. I go, because I just can't believe it. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I'm stunned that you're a regional vice president. You can't have another job. They're controlling what you do. And uh, on top of that, you're driving Lyft and, and no leads at the company. No. 
and I'm, I, I, it blew me away that I'm like, how did they do that? Because you're smart. Yeah. And I go, how did they do that to you? And it was, it's just still mind blowing when I hear that people have gone through that in this business. Yeah. And all those people need, I mean, like I said, they sell, they do a good job of selling the struggle. Mm-hmm. And so when you're struggling, you think this is supposed to be a part, this is natural, this is normal. Yeah. Right. So when they normalize a struggle mm-hmm. and again, we, and there's a lot of meetings there, you know, like five days a week we're meeting about morning meetings after all kind of meetings, right? So they're saying the same thing over and over and over again. It was like brainwashing. That's exactly what it was. <laughs> That's what brainwashing is. Yeah. You're just hearing that same message over and over and over again. Well, I mean, I guess almost your, your father passing, I mean, it was almost like an angel on your shoulder because if that wouldn't have happened, I'm sure you probably would have, wouldn't have reached out to Mike. Like that wouldn't have, I believe that. have taken place. So unreal. So you came here to FFL um, what did that look like? Who came with you? Was it just you? It was just me at first. How different was it going from a from the captive world to going to being a broker now? Was it completely different? Like how long did it take you to figure things out? It was very confusing. It is, right? <laughs> it was very confusing. Um, I mean, but it wasn't, it didn't seem like it was a long pro- learning process. Like okay. I don't feel like I felt, I didn't feel like, I never felt overwhelmed by mm-hmm. it. It just seemed like it was a lot and just really, what I what my thought process was during that time, like I was like, okay, we're really doing insurance here, mm-hmm. like understanding the underwriting guys, like having it, like looking at bill charts, like with the term company, we just put everybody in to see who fit and who didn't, yeah, right. But we didn't have any. There was no understanding behind why we certain people would get approved and certain people wouldn't. I I know I never had that understanding. Was there more focus there on recruiting and it building was. than selling? And a That's lot exactly of companies out there are like that. And I always ask a question. I said, who's selling the insurance? Like people have a meeting after meeting after meeting and recruiting, but I'm like, who's selling. And that's the one thing about FFL. We, we focus, like you can come here and obviously build a massive business. We'll talk about that. But you, uh, you know, we teach people how to sell insurance so you can take care of your family, right? you know, first. And when you're bringing people into the business, you, we, we have an obligation to show them how they can utilize this vehicle that we're in to, to take care of their family and then building the business kind of is on, on top of that and we can do amazing things with it. But uh, yeah, that blows my mind that when people come from that type of uh, situation and they're just talking about recruiting, no one's really selling. So um, how did the first couple of months look for you? Were you, you were still doing the, the Lyft? I was Uber? still doing Lyft because I, I needed the car. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Because <laughs> I didn't have a car, right? Mm-hmm. So I was still doing Lyft. Um, what saved me really from Lyft was the um, pandemic. Mm-hmm. So March 2020, March 2020 mm-hmm. is um, they lifted because I had, in order to keep the car, I had to do 20 rides a week minimum, okay. like minimum. So I would come to the office a couple days a week. Work, I would come to twice a week, actually. And I, the t- at that time, I was living 70 miles away, one way. Wow. So I was coming to... What would that take, an hour? Hour and a half some days because of traffic. And that's a good... That, that's something good to put out there. We have people that don't... That are within that time, and they say it's too far to drive. Mm-hmm. But you understood the importance of being yeah. around what we had going on. So 70 absolutely. miles one way, twice a week. Um, and then Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, I had to do lift because I had to get those 20 rides in. Mm-hmm. So when the pandemic hit, they lifted the 20 ride minimum. Okay. And so that allowed me to really go all in with FFL because I didn't have that on my shoulder, that monkey on my back anymore. Got right. It. So I still had to pay for the car because they didn't just give it to me. Yeah. Um, but that's really March 2020 is really when the business started shifting for me. And I had already like hired a couple people, brought a couple people with me. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's when I was really all in was March 2020 is when it started. Okay. At what point did you start seeing things change financially? Because you, 
Not long. I mean, March 2020, I was all in. By June, I had moved and got my own place. July, I had gotten my own car, finally, again, wow. right? Um, and then just this year. So that was a year ago. Mm-hmm. Not even, no, that was like almost two years ago. Two years ago, yeah. Um, the time is really going fast. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then this last May, I we moved into a, a whole, I upgraded again and got another apartment, um, like a bigger, nicer apartment. And then a, I got a bigger, nicer car in June. See that. And that's the thing. When we talk about people coming in here and going out and selling, it's not forever for you. It was 90 days mm-hmm. and things started to change. And you came from a situation where you didn't have a car. Mm-mm. You're doing lift and doing whatever you had to do. You, you lived in a one bedroom home, right? With a friend. Well, we, well, we lived in, I lived in her house, but I, my room was her son's old room. Got so it. that was my space in the house was a bedroom. And and that's inspiring for people out there that are at these captive agencies. They're, they're buying into something that it doesn't have to be. Mm-mm. And uh, they're, they're buying in a dream that's not real. And to know that you can get out of that, that, that captive space and go to the, the independent side of things and within 90 days, you know, once you go all in, mm-hmm. 90 days, things can be completely different. Completely different. Right? Yeah. And it's amazing that you've been through that. You were a regional vice president at that company. You go back and can still talk to people that are there, and people still aren't willing to make the change. Because if they were, you'd have probably Even the thousands pers- of people. Even the person I was living with, they were in the company. And they saw from they saw my downfall mm-hmm. all the way up to my come up, and they still are there. Wow. Like it's, 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 they, they do a really good job of convincing you that they're doing the right thing and they're doing the right thing for clients as well. The people here, and we talk about saving agents, right? Not so much recruiting, but going out there and saving agents that mm-hmm. are at these, these captive companies and so forth. And you being through that whole process and then even as difficult as it is for you to even bring people and you've brought a lot of people over. Thank God you, you saved a lot of people. You would think there'd be more but it kind of lets people know how hard it is for people to, to uh, break that, that that mindset, I guess, that they're but stuck in. The good thing about it, Mike, this is what I, I said a couple of weeks on one of our training calls, is that the people like the people that won't come mm-hmm. are loyal. Yeah. Right. I was loyal to a system that was that I was broken. Mm-hmm. Right. So if I'm loyal to a system and people that are keeping me broke, what's going to happen when I come to a system that people actually really do? I feel like people really do care about me my managers, and then I'm making money. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm going to be way loyal. You know what I'm saying? The people that I brought over, Andre Brooks, Mm -hmm. he came from there. You know what I'm saying? Loyal to a system that wasn't making him any money. Mm -hmm. Corinne Giles, loyal to a system that wasn't making her any money. Mm -hmm. And if they're going to be loyal to that system, they come here, they're not going to go anywhere. That is true. I mean, there's nothing better than (laughs) what's out there. Um, I want to talk a little bit about what you've been doing lately. You've been here. I mean, FFL, we're notoriously, you know, in the field, running appointments, meeting with clubs. We did it through the pandemic. Mm-hmm. We probably did it better than anyone during the pandemic, right? I mean, we were running hard and uh, it allowed the company to grow at a tremendous rate. And, and then over the last six months or so, um, you know, we flipped over to this telesales thing. Kind of let's talk about that because I want to I want people to understand what it is and what we're doing right now mm-hmm. and the ability for people maybe to come from that captive world to be able to come into this system and maybe do telesales because okay. telesales changes the game. Yeah. What was the big change for you from being out in the field to, you know, figuring out this telesales thing? I saw Corinne doing it. Mm-hmm. Corinne, I'm, I'm her manager. I'm her, I'm her upline and she's like, crushing in um, so I'm not too big or think I know more than someone else who's having success so 
I made a decision, mm-hmm. and I because at first you remember I was like, oh no, I'm gonna stay in the field. That's dumb. Mm-hmm. I had all the bad things to say about it because yep. it, because it was uncomfortable. It like is. that really was the truth. It was very uncomfortable because I've been at this point nine years that I've been in the field, mm-hmm. right? So making that switch in my mind, I felt like I could help more people in person. Um, and then I just made a decision that I'm gonna sit there and I'm gonna learn from her what she's doing and how she's doing it and implement it in my first week. I help 14 families. Amazing. Just from just doing it doing it over the phone. You're actually selling more over the phone. You're helping more families over the phone than I you were in the field. That's crazy. Right? Yeah. It just kind of fits you. <laughs> right? <laughs> well, and then, too, I, we talked about this. And I'm not saying, I mean, Corinne doesn't have a call center background, but I think for me, I'm, before I was in insurance, I managed call centers. Mm-hmm. So I spent 20 years on the phones. Got it. You know what I mean? So... I know about inflection. I understand, you know what I'm saying, like not keeping people on hold, like all these different rules you have in a call center. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of taking some of those things over to the telesales world. Um, but I think, you know, people are just, they're. I think too, just with the times, this is what they're they're used to. They're used to doing business over the phone. They're used to doing business via Zoom. They're used to doing, you know, meeting with people not in person, mm-hmm. you know. So I think it's just, a, this is a sign of the times. This is what the future is. It is. And one thing that really shocked me is like this weekend I went out and I, I trained an agent. And what really what I was really thinking about is I had one agent in my car with me. But also, too, I saw you guys on on our live sales dials and notice all those people on there. We can train so many more people absolutely over Zoom than we can this one on one stuff. So I think it's going to give us the ability to grow a lot faster and the people that figure it out. And or, or understand the system and how to how, how to do it, understand the process, I think are going to grow a lot faster than other companies that are out there that maybe aren't embracing And I was sales. just looking at my book from last week. Just, I mean, because the goal is we're trying to do one call close. Like mm-hmm. we're trying to, when we get them on the phone, we're trying to close them right then and there. And that may not always be the case because if people are working, they can't talk right then. But I'm looking at my book from last week. I had appointments five days, no, six days last week. That's so, of awesome. course, my activity is higher just because, I'm able to talk to more people because I'm on the phone all day, right? If I'm in the field, I I might have 10 appointments in a day, right? And then I can make some phone calls in between, but I'm driving, I'm listening to my GPS, I'm trying to do all these different things mm-hmm. in my car versus when I'm sitting and I'm I'm focused on the phone, that's all I'm doing all day is on the phone. So someone no-shows me on the phone, I'm just dialing more people in between that next between that appointment and my next one. So I have more control over my day as well, I feel like doing it over the phone. I love it. I think if you're, you're out there, maybe you're at a, a captive company mm-hmm. um, and you, and you want to find a better way. And, and I mean, I would definitely look up Kali. What, how can they reach you? What's your number? Every, oh, Put it out there. My phone number four, four, three, four, five, three, six, one, two, six. So even if you're at the captive company, you're like Kali don't have a car because they're <laughs> teaching you that you're supposed to go through the struggle and be broke and, and have your things repossessed and can't get to work. You can actually come here to FFL Right. And Kali can teach you how to sell over the phone, how to do telesales. You don't need a car, right? No, you don't even need Zoom. I'm not even doing Zoom. Like I'm not, I'm doing it. Everything is over the phone. These people don't even have to, I don't know what they look like. Only reason they know what I look like because I'm sending them a picture of myself and my license. But they, I have no idea who's on the other end. They don't know who's on my end. They're just trusting me over the phone to help them with their, one of, one of the very most important things that they're going to do in their lives, which mm-hmm. is, is insane to me. I mean, I would do it, but. Yeah. A lot of other people think the same way. They want it and they want it done fast. They have they put a request in. We fulfilled a request and we're doing it over the phone. Well, there you go. So if you're out there and you wanna you wanna make a change, there is a better way. 
certainly give us a call over here at Family First Life. You can uh, work directly with Collie Somerville. And she can show you exactly how to go from a captive company to an ind- the independent broker side and then teach you how to be able to do it over the phone at a high level and build a big business. We didn't get to talk much about that no. today, but we'll do that on another podcast. So, Kali, okay. I appreciate you. Thank, Thank you, Mike. You. All right. Have a great day. 